Pushkin. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. We are trying to push people towards decisions that are less carbon intensive, so create less climate emissions from transportation. Also better for expenditures of tax dollars being more wise, as well as improving safety outcomes in transportation. For Laura Shule, making greener decisions isn't a matter of juggling a hundred little choices like when to unplug appliances, eat less meat, or swap out incandescent bulbs for LEDs. Choose a car that gets 50 MPG over 40 MPG. You don't have to think about it as much. So, like, think about the big decisions that matter and, like, stop freaking out if you forget your cloth grocery bags once. As CEO of Streetlight Data, Shul has the data to back this stuff up. But you won't find her proselytizing yet. So I have a fundamental belief that informed decisions will arc towards changes that I want to see in the world. But we, as data providers, we have to be neutral because we're a source of truth. Streetlight Data is a transportation analytics company, and Laura Shul thinks how we move can be changed for the better. My name is Laura Shul. I'm the CEO of Streetlight Data, how to monitor and mold our transportation systems into smart and environmentally friendly systems is a solvable problem. I recently watched Mission Impossible 3, and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, who plays Ethan Hunt, is a part of the Impossible Mission Force. In this one, he's actually getting married. And as a, as a result, his cover for working for the Impossible Mission Force is that he works for the Bureau of Transportation. So he's at a party and he makes this comment where he goes, yeah, traffic patterns are so crazy. It moves. It's like an organism. It's very interesting. And everyone kind of looks at him like, oh, this guy's kind of boring. And so what I'm thinking about our listeners, I'm thinking about them and thinking about data could be something that's like extremely boring to them. But give me a piece of data that excites you the most and something that you think a listener or just a casual person would find interesting when it comes to uh, talking about transportation data? 
Well, first of all, that movie sounds awesome, and my company is immediately going to have a movie night about it. <laughs> second of all, he's not boring. He sounds like the most interesting person at the party. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> One of the things that I hope is coming with um, Secretary Buttigieg and President Biden is a demand that we calculate our transportation greenhouse gases, which we don't really do. We kind of swag it. One of the concerns with that is that then it would be bad for rural places because rural places, especially with highways, are places where you have a lot of miles driven that have nothing to do with that rural place, right? People are cutting through. MnDOT, Minnesota DOT, used our data to do a version of greenhouse gas emissions that attribute the miles driven to the destination of the car and the truck. And what that does is it properly demands payment, so to speak, from the cities, from the fact that they cause all this driving to and from them, and doesn't put disproportionate cost in carbon on the rural areas. That sort of data-driven approach could reduce some of the future pushback we're going to see about carbon accounting from transportation. One interesting thing that I heard about you was that you started off as a comparative literature major. So how did you end up going from comparative literature to uh, data analytics? Ah, it is a classic story of a great professor. So I was in college and I was majoring in comparative literature and I assumed I would be a literature professor. That just seemed my destiny. And because of distribution requirements, you had to take one science class by the end of sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So I took Introduction to Environmental Engineering just because it fit my schedule. And I came out of the final and I was like, oh, climate change is the most important thing of my generation. Mm. And now no, I must spend my life working on this. So you founded a company called Streetlight. Uh, tell me a little bit about what it does. Streetlight is a transportation analytics company. So from the perspective of somebody making transportation decisions, like a government or an engineering firm or somebody starting like a delivery company, before Streetlight, they're operating a world with little data. So you have to make a decision about like, should I spend $2 billion on this highway extension or, you know, a billion dollars on this new transit line? But there was very little data to guide you. So what Streetlight does is we take advantage of the fact that everything that moves now is collecting data. Smartphones, connected cars, connected trucks, little scooters, there's data embedded in stoplights, everything. And we license it from all different types of places in a privacy appropriate manner and smoosh it together with a lot of proprietary algorithms and machine learning so that you can look up a transportation fact as easily as you might look up a fact in Wikipedia. So what would you say the benefit of this data is for whom? Our product is not for consumers like you or me. It's for transportation professionals. And that's usually someone in government, someone in an engineering firm, or someone with their own private transportation company like Uber or, you know, a private tollway or things like that. So the benefit is instead of making a decision based on somebody yelling at you and kind of your gut, you make a decision that is based on data mm -hmm. and that is based on a real understanding of the context. That's the fundamental benefit. Now, then there's a bigger question, which is what is the benefit of making a good decision? And we are trying to push people towards decisions that are less carbon intensive, so create less climate emissions from transportation, also better for expenditures of tax dollars being more wise, as well as improving safety outcomes in transportation. This all sounds very noble. And uh, I'd be interested to know how you picked this specific uh, lane, I would say. when it Well, I guess lane, if we're talking about transportation. Literally lane. <laughs> how would you pick this specific lane um, when it comes to trying to solve for climate change? 
the climate community is paying less attention to transportation than to other parts of the climate crisis. So really, I could have chosen anything because it's all worth a lifetime. But I was like, well, I got to pick something. Transportation, I think, has less people. So it deserves my attention. And also, it's just interesting. I mean, where people go, how they think about the new roundabout in their city, how they think about their commute. I have, as soon as you say you're in transportation, your cocktail party conversations are covered because everybody wants to talk about it. You're a for-profit company. So Mm -hmm. how do you control or, and how can you really give guidance to folks to make wise decisions when it comes to climate change, rather than just using your data to maybe monetize or, you know, build more malls, uh, make just give more opportunities to sell things to people rather than actually doing the things that would improve the planet? That is a really good question. So before I started Streetlight, I had never worked at a for-profit company. I had worked for not-profits, not-for-profits, NGOs. I'd worked for the government. Um, I'd been in academia. I'd been getting my PhD. With all love and respect to my nonprofit friends and colleagues and my government friends and colleagues, I had felt a little bit frustrated by the scope you can get when you're at a nonprofit and you're constantly scrambling for money. I had seen a lot of green tech companies that I thought were scaling their impact faster than I believed possible in the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. But there's a trade-off there because we almost never tell our customer, you should do this because it's greener. You should do this because it's better for asthma-causing pollutants. If they ask us about that, we'll always give them the answer. But we, we, as data providers, we have to be neutral because we're a source of truth. So I have a fundamental belief that informed decisions will arc towards changes that I want to see in the world. Mm. And one of the reasons the transportation world is not headed in the direction that I like is because we don't use data. We base decisions on what we've done in the past or the more powerful lobby. Mm. So it, there is a faith jump in choosing to go that for-profit route. Do you think that's a little more optimistic than is necessary to actually solve the problem of climate change? Because I think that people, when they have more information, make better decisions. I think that's true. But it also means that we have to trust the person making the decision that they'll make the right one. In general, I am skeptical about people just because they have better information always making the right decision. But in transportation in particular, What we are dealing with is this immense inertia of building more highways to facilitate more cars going fast. Biking and walking are hugely important parts of solving transportation climate emissions. So as one example, um, a lot of attention before COVID and during COVID has been drawn to the fact that bicycle and pedestrian deaths are on the up. And if people are dying and it's getting a lot of press, A, I do not want people to die. And B, it's also a challenge for our bigger goal of a more climate-friendly transportation world. One of the major issues that came up is nobody knows like bike deaths, bike deaths per what? Like nobody knows how many bike trips there are in the U.S. or in a neighborhood or in a city. And we had that data available and that has become one of our top use cases in you know under 18 months. I think many states and cities are making much more wise and informed decisions about bicycle and pedestrian safety, which A, is good, for humans and B is good for climate. As a data-driven person, uh, you're putting a lot of faith in people. Are you seeing more of people making good decisions based on this data than you are of them making profitable or capitalistic decisions made on, based on this data? 
I don't know if I've ever calculated the ratio, but I always say Streetlight is not a magic box that tells you what to do. It's a tool to help smart people do what they want to do more effectively. Now, those smart people could want to be doing capitalistic things. But one thing that has been huge in my industry in transportation and urban planning is the people who are coming into the industry do not look like and are not motivated by the same things that the people who came in 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago, many of whom are still just you know, starting to retire. And this generation of people coming into it um, are very motivated by the right decisions. And we're trying to give them tools so they can get done what they want to get done. And I also will say with the government clients, most of them that I meet, even if they are very dedicated to say highway expansion, which is something that if I had to summarize my life goal, it would be to stop highway expansion in the United States. Like that would be it. Even if they are, they are motivated by something they perceive as good. Mm -hmm. Like they perceive it as good for their community and they perceive it as good for jobs in their community. People who go into government don't go into government to get rich, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I'm not talking about the electeds. Yeah. I don't deal with electeds all that often. I deal with staff. Yep. And even if I don't agree with their definition of good, we both agree we're trying to do something for our community. So there's a common place to start talking. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers Back on the road fast with Location Telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell me a little bit about where you get your data from. We use lots of different types of data. We're like a surfer and we're surfing the wave of data and data is this always changing thing and whatever data we use today, it'll be different six months from now and a year from now. Mm -hmm. But right now, 
The main data we use that's the most important is from smartphones. So we have an opt-in process, which is a much more privacy, pro-privacy process, where people can work with one of our 400 and so app partners and opt in to de-identified locational tracking in the background. And what that means is we don't know you're Ronald. You have a hashed identifier. And so we never get any what's called personally identifiable information. We don't know your name, your phone number, anything like that. We also get data from connected cars that have GPS tooling in them, as well as uh, fleet management systems, which are truck management systems. Trucks rip up the road and cause safety impacts in a very different way than cars, so it's important to study them separately. But the deep benefit of the phones is that they cover all the modes of transportation. And one of Streetlight's core missions and sort of differentiators, one of the things we've done that's really new, is we measure all the modes, car, truck, bike, ped, riding a train, riding a bus, riding a ferry, eventually jetpack, whatever. And that is something that has never really been available before. And that's one of the reasons that cars keep getting this hegemony is because they're the only things that are consistently measured. Mm -hmm. So we have all those pings, breadcrumbs floating around, and then we mix it with data from um, embedded sensors in the roadways that help us calibrate. We mix it with bike counter data, ped counter data, um, data from bus ridership, data that says, you know, Low-income people live here, high-income people live here. This is a road with 50-mile-per-hour speed limit. This is the ocean. All sorts of contextual data to turn it into actionable and aggregate analytics. Mm. One of the drawbacks to a data company like Streetlight is that you guys are uh, selling your data to people that can pay. It's not something that's free to the public, but it's, it's information about public movements. Are you concerned that having to pay for this data hinders its ability to be truly useful? It's a great question. So I am a of course, somewhat concerned. Some of the mitigation steps we take are all academic researchers who are researching something within our mission, which is climate, equity, safety, get free access. You just fill out a form and we have like 75 universities that we're working with who are doing totally free research based on our data. And we also have um, fellowships where nonprofits can apply to get free research and we also help promote their research. But that, that is mitigation. That's not fixing the fundamental problem you've talked about. And I don't have a great fix. And um, we have 100 staff. We spend a lot of money on the cloud. And what we do is expensive. We have to survive. Um, and I think that in America, we have consistently disinvested in government-driven collection of data. But because we've made that decision that data is something that private markets are going to develop, we, we can't have everything online. What issues are you eager to see solved in transportation in the next five years? There's a big conversation right now um, in the Senate about everybody's saying in the infrastructure bill, oh, yeah, we should measure equity in transportation. And they're like, how? No one knows. There's no way. Like, there should, I mean, there's 45,000 ways. There's no agreement. So there's going to be a lot of quick work on that. So I'm very interested in that. Streetlight is working on a lot more direct carbon and equity measurements now that we have a Biden administration that opens up the space where that could be used. So we are going to make a lot of tooling that's more mission direct in addition to our more neutral data collection efforts. So that is starting now. Um, we need to solve the question of what does it mean to have equitable transportation and how do you define it? Because mm -hmm. there's, no there's no good definition right now. Um, and we're collaborating with some nonprofits and some advocacy organizations to get explicit measurements about that. The fact that we can measure the income and racial distribution of where people move is a huge leap forward in starting to measure transportation equity. I mean, it sounds like you're saying that transportation equity begins with data. I think everything begins with data. 
So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I mean, transportation is in a bad way in America. It's disequitable. It's destroying the climate. It kills 43,000 people a year. And like our bridges are falling down. Mm-hmm. Like we're pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So we have to change. And to think of a massive systemic change without data, I just think that's insane. But I agree. It's not data alone. We are a tool for smart uh, people motivated by the right things to do their job more easily. Uh, how do you motivate private companies to care about public issues like climate change? <laughs> there are two ways you get corporations to care about climate change. One is you point out to them that it will have a huge impact on their bottom line either today or in 10 years. And a lot of corporations are there, right? They get that. And the second way is their staff starts to throw a fit. So we help We have helped some staff throw fits quietly. We don't do it that directly. Um, That's what we do. Do you you want us to include that in the the final cut that you're starting cool? The main thing we point out is that staff, if if all your staff have to drive their own cars 50 miles each way, like that will dwarf the climate impact of your office building within a couple of years. Gotcha. So we've, we've worked on that. Okay. I think that's a good strategy. How can our listeners help? Like what what could someone who wants to be like a more uh, responsible and better city resident, how can they help right now? And what about people that don't live in like bustling cities, people that live in more mm-hmm. rural areas? How can we all help make it make transportation um, better for everyone? Well, one thing that I think is fun is to track your own data for a few days. One thing that I think sounds simple, but nobody gets is that your short trips are less carbon emitting than your long trips. Mm-hmm. So I've had some friends, you know, lovely eco-hippie friends who say to things to me like, well, you know, I take a bus every day to work. The only reason I have a car is for like, you know, weekend adventures to go hiking. And I'm like, well, that is a 110 mile drive. Like I'd rather you drive to work every day and maybe carpool or take the train for your eco-adventure. So really think it's the length of the trip that matters. So track your own data. I think it'll surprise you. It might make you more open to an electric car. And it might help you think about which trips really matter. I also think that as a citizen, as a private individual, there are three personal infrastructure decisions you make in transportation. Where you live, which car you buy if you buy a car, and where you spend most of your days, which is usually where you work. And if you optimize those decisions a little, like if you move to an apartment that's closer to work or choose a job that's a little closer, You've optimized your transportation footprint and you don't have to like agonize about it every day. So optimize those big, you know, if you choose a car that gets 50 MPG over 40 MPG, you don't have to think about it as much. So like think about the big decisions that matter and like stop freaking out if you forget your cloth grocery bags once. Those infrastructure decisions matter more. Where you live, where you work, the relationship between them and what car you drive if you drive the car. As citizens, citizens have a lot of power about city level urban design decisions. If you show up, there's always feedback meetings. And if you show up, you will make a difference. And I think the other thing to remember is a lot of the people show up are people who have a very vested interest in things being the same, which may be good, sometimes it's not, or people who just assume the worst. And usually the staff at these meetings, again, it's not elected, it's staff who've chosen this career. Usually they are trying really hard And if someone calmly showed up and said, can you show me the data? Can you show me the alternatives? They would be so excited and that person would be so impactful. So showing up, 
um, and showing up trying to work with the staff instead of assuming the worst of them, I think is really powerful. You have any books or movies that you think uh, you would recommend to, for people to learn more about transportation and transportation equity? Well, now I want everybody to watch Mission Impossible 3. I mean, um, three and Girls <laughs> Protocol are the best ones. So Okay, now I know. I'll You're watch welcome. them. I'll watch them tonight. My favorite book about transportation is by John McPhee. It's called Uncommon Carriers. Mm-hmm. And it's a book about the people who do the work of freight hauling. Mm. He just writes so beautifully and with such dignity about the people who do this work and the incredibleness of the machines that get our T-shirts and our popcorn to our houses, like whether it's the freight boats with the giant containers or the long contracts. That book, it gave me a sense of awe and respect for the sort of societal achievement that is our transportation system. And I think that's healthy if you're thinking about changing something. The, the, the infrastructure bill is not called the infrastructure bill. It's called the American Jobs Act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is very important, especially for technologists like me, that we don't just assume that our efficient approach, and it is more efficient, is neutral like to society and to think about these industries we're disrupting. Thank you so much for being with us, Laura. My pleasure. Laura Shule is the CEO of Streetlight Data. We'll include links to her suggestions on ways to learn more about transportation and data analytics in our show notes. Next time on Solvable, we're talking about sugar, salt, fat, all the good stuff, and how to solve food addiction. But before you turn away feeling annoyed and clinging to a bag of delicious cheese puffs, here's a little preview. The solution is not all on you. I hope you'll join us for that conversation. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias. And our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.